0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratrooth Radio. My name is Eric
1: and I'm Justin,
0: and I hope everyone, is having a wonderful time. Had a great Halloween, and uh, I'm looking forward to the coming seasons myself. I'm sure everybody else is now too, because let's face it, Christmas is literally right around the corner now. Uh, I went to the to the Starbucks the other day, and of course they had out the peppermint mochas. There's no way I was gonna pass <laughs> that up, so I bought two of them uh, in two days. I was gonna go again today, and thought, nah,
1: maybe I shouldn't.
0: But I don't know, man. There's something about peppermint mochas. They're better than pumpkin spice by far.
1: Well, I was upset about the pumpkin spice coming out in September.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it came out in August. And that's what I was frustrated at first about. Because I went to Starbucks like last week. And it was already November. And um, they didn't have any peppermint mochas. And I was like, really frustrated. frustrated, Because I'm like, why why is it in November and there's no peppermint mochas? But in August, we had pumpkin spice. It doesn't make any sense. And then a few days later, I went back. And sure enough, they had it. It was just... My timing was off slightly, but that's okay. <laughs> we are here in the season. Thanksgiving is coming up. It is November, and so we are kicking off the month of November with Bear Truth. Uh We don't think we're going to have a Thanksgiving episode specifically this month. Well, this one will um,
1: kind of pretty much be our Thanksgiving episode, but yeah, I don't think we really have anything. I have one that will kind of be close to Thanksgiving, but nothing themed as Thanksgiving.
0: Right, yeah, I know we've done themed uh, episodes in the past for Thanksgiving, we try to hit every holiday, but you know, there's only so much you can really talk about regarding Thanksgiving, there's not too many paranormal things to talk about, unless we're like jumping into um, uh, Roanoke, the Roanoke Island thing, with everybody disappearing, you know, and we've already covered that twice for both Thanksgiving, the last few Thanksgivings. Um, Right, and I think that was
1: one of our more popular episodes, too.
0: Well, with that said, I think we can go ahead and jump right into the show. But of course, before we do that, we do have to go ahead and light you guys up with a very delicious drink that you should probably try, especially now that it's getting cold outside around the entire country. I know we're expecting snow here, and I know Justin's already got snow up yeah. there in North Dakota. Um, so when it's cold and it's nothing better to do than light a fire, sit down with a warm drink, and listen to Pear Radio, this will be the drink you make. Uh, It yields about four, the prep time is only five minutes, but the total time in making it is about two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, Seems like a long time, so if you're gonna do that, make sure you do it before a couple hours before you sit down and prepare a tooth. Uh, So this is butter rum, uh, hot buttered rum. And you're gonna have to end up making two things here. You're gonna have to make the buttered rum batter, and you're gonna have to make the rum drink. The rum drink is super simple. Now, the butter rum batter, you're going to need four tablespoons of butter, softened, of course, three tablespoons of packed brown sugar, a half cup of vanilla ice cream, also softened, and a half teaspoon of ground cinnamon. And for your drink, you're going to need two cups of apple cider and one cup of rum. Man, can you imagine drinking one cup of rum? Just straight. Like, whew. That'd be be in for a nice, relaxing That's a lot of rum. (laughs) Yeah. So, here are the directions. They're overall pretty simple. You just have to mix all of your butter rum, batter in the mixing bowl and you're going to beat the butter, the brown sugar until light and fluffy, then beat in the ice cream and cinnamon, then spoon into a mason jar or resealable container and store in the freezer until mostly hardened, about two hours or until ready to serve. That's where the two hours comes in. And as for the drink itself, in a medium saucepan, you're going to heat cider until boiling, stirring occasionally, then reco- uh, remove from the heat and pour into a pitcher or easy-to-serve container. Finally, place about two tablespoons of buttered rum batter into each mug, fill about a third of the way up with rum, then top with hot apple cider before serving. There's something about, like, usually when I think of something that's buttered, I feel a little gross. Like, it just sounds gross. <laughs> but I hear about buttered rum a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hear it's pretty darn good, so... Maybe something I'll make
1: probably something I won't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with that said, and now you guys have your drinks ready and prepared. I hope you're like speedsters to get that done in two hours now. (laughs) You're going to just pause (laughs) this and finish it. But uh, we've got some things to talk about. So I will go ahead and kick us kick us off first and foremost. Uh, and I think I'm just going to knock out this first one real quick because it's it's something I'm a little bummed about because I'm, I'm not a huge fan anymore of what I used to be, like when the first couple of movies came out. But according to Variety.com, Film News Roundup has said that seventh, the seventh Paranormal Activity is set for a 2021 release. That's right. They're making a seventh Paranormal Activity. A seventh.
1: I honestly he didn't, didn't get know that. that there was that
0: many this is already. This the 7th. So. I'd like one and two were good, and then they just started falling horribly after that. Um, so I can only imagine, especially once they got into like the whole witchcraft thing, and it just I was like, alright, I'm done. Um, but, nonetheless, they're going for those of you who are big fans of Paranormal Activity, there is a new one coming out in two years, so you could probably look forward to that. It is two years away, so a lot could change in regards to the date, but Hey, Paranormal Activity 7 is set for a release in 2021, and I'm sure it's going to be a much bigger movie this time around, having a much stronger budget, uh, considering the last few have pulled in a ton of money. The first one alone broke records with the amount of money it made compared to what, what, what uh, what it used to produce the film. So nonetheless, nothing really much to talk about here. Just wanted to share that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the first one I have actually kind of applies to Thanksgiving, as I said a little bit earlier. Um, apparently, there is a uh, wild turkey outbreak in a New Jersey neighborhood. Uh There are a bunch of wild turkeys uh, taking a bold stance in New Jersey, uh, reportedly terrorizing humans, breaking windows and pecking at cars. Uh, Now, this is is a 55 uh, plus community, so an an older person community uh, in a town named Tom's River. Now, the ironic thing about that is if you know the name of a male turkey, it's a Tom turkey. So, uh, kind of interesting. Uh, there was one report the woman said, or a person says, uh, I can't get out of my door. Sometimes I get, I can't get out of my car. They go to attack you. Uh, the individual was not named in the story, presumably out of fear of retaliation from the turkeys. Uh, another local woman, Donna Skella, says, they're pecking out our roofs. Uh, Our brand new vehicles, they're pecking out our vehicles. Uh, Scala wants the birds to be moved and suggested finding a big property, hundreds of acres of property where they could roam. Uh, The turkeys typically show up around dawn and dusk, and uh, it's unclear as to what's what's bringing them around. um, Just kind of interesting, like uh, wild turkeys, I've seen them in towns close to... The, the smaller towns here in North Dakota, and it's just odd that they will go into an area where, I mean, even though it's a rural area, there are people around. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing, but yeah, uh, a small town in New Jersey being plagued, if you will, by wild turkeys.
0: It is where the turkeys come around in November. Like the one time they <laughs> don't want to be around is the time they always show up. Yeah. But we have a lot of wild turkeys in Ohio. They're always on the side of the road, hanging out, doing their thing, whatever it is that they do. Um, but it's weird that there's, there's a, uh, a quote unquote outbreak of turkeys. That's like, <laughs> can you imagine like just waking up and on the news like, this is a quarantine zone. We have an outbreak of turkeys. <laughs> Anyone who gets <laughs> caught by one becomes a jive turkey.
1: The the <laughs> the turkey apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it was, I saw that. And I'm like, well, seems appropriate, and it is a little odd because I mean, when you see them though, uh, like here, you only see a couple. Where it seems like right. in this New Jersey town, it, it's like almost dozens, or if not couple of dozens of turkeys in this town coming around
0: hmm. Well, that's quite interesting I mean the, the times that you tend to see something like that is usually when habitats are being destroyed so you have to wonder right. if there's certain areas in New Jersey that are being you know woods being chopped down or whatever and it's just driving the turkeys and I'm, I think the turkeys are right one of the most rare creatures to see generally speaking uh so there might be other animals who are doing the same thing, but the turkeys are the ones that stand out the most. Uh, so I wonder what their deer population is currently like in that rural area as well as like the birds and everything else. Maybe there's something happening uh, that's driving Yeah, I really out. didn't say. Well, I was going through a number of different articles uh, not long ago. And, you know, when it comes to looking for paranormal articles... You, sometimes you, you hit some good stuff. Sometimes you're just a little miss out on, uh, on things here and there. And the big issue is that when something very popular uh, or important is established, pretty much every single article you come across is about the same topic. Uh, in this case, that isn't so. But nonetheless, I thought this is pretty interesting, considering we are all paranormal investigators. So there is a documentary... That is going to be released somewhat soon there's no specific date as to when it's happening but it's called paranormal paranormal permanence a case study of the old wheeler hotel now so those of us who have studied the paranormal or are currently ghost hunters uh we know that name the old wheeler hotel it's a very popular hotel in oregon and uh, it has some of the most outstanding paranormal activity within its walls it started off as a hotel Uh, after about a year or so, I think it closed down, became a hospital uh, where a lot of pain and suffering was. And then after a short while, that too closed down and became a hotel again. Uh, And ever since then, there's been some weird activity happening. Well, this particular team who's creating this documentary is extremely skeptical when it comes to the paranormal. They really, when they look at at the evidence that they collect all the data, They break it down and they throw a lot of it out because they're just so skeptic. They do everything that they can to disprove everything uh, until, of course, there isn't anything left to disprove. Now, what's really interesting about this particular documentary, unlike the TV shows that we see on a, you know, regular basis nowadays, uh, where Investigators are going in for one night, maybe spending two or three days total uh, getting reports and talking to witnesses and things like that. This particular documentary is combining or compiling a number of evidence from this paranormal team over the last several years. They spent the last several years investigating the Wheeler Hotel, and they have come up with some really interesting evidence, both in video, photography, and of course in EVP. Now, one of the things that they went on to say was when you're doing something like this, uh, such as working at this hotel and trying to do investigations, because it's so old, you have to be careful with your EMF detectors, because EMF is going to be coming out of everything everywhere. Uh, and you have to be very careful and, t- and determine whether you know something you're seeing is uh, actually paranormal or just an effective high EMF. And so they ended up bringing a number of EMF detectors with them uh, that were able to pretty much point out certain levels of various types of EMF uh, in order to try to find the specters that they were looking for. Of course, the problem is nobody really knows what ghosts are made of. There's plenty of theories, but no one actually knows for a fact. And with that said, we don't really know if EMF picks up ghosts or what it does. You know, For all we know, any, uh, a ghost might might be able to not so much give off its own discharge of electromagnetic field, but maybe uses magnetic fields around it uh, and spikes those, you know? So if you're getting something near a wall, maybe those wires get picked up. Uh, Maybe there's a paranormal thing happening there, maybe not. But with that said... There is a lot of evidence that it's compiling and, of course, filming the different Phantoms, they use a number of different things, including IR cameras, which I think is probably one of the most popular things to be using. Um, And they pretty much just went about the last three years doing this. I think it comes out sometime next year, the documentary. They're still currently doing the research uh, and they're still building upon the story. But nonetheless, this is one of those things I think is really interesting because, again, we're going to be getting a documentary based on a hotel that is literally years in the making in regards to the investigation. Uh, This isn't like a one night stop and we're gone. You know, so there's a lot of work going on here. and I think it'll be really interesting to see the type of things that they pick up over so many years. I think it's
1: actually a good idea for... Um, a skeptic team to go in because I mean you see the true believer teams all over the place on the tv so now it's a little bit different spin on it
0: right and you know and it's I don't know I'm interested I'm definitely interested to see I think it's going to be a little frustrating for some people who are going to see some of this evidence and believe it to be paranormal while well, these guys very well may say it's not. And I think that's the big issue that a lot of uh, investigators have with spe- skeptics. And, I, I, you know, you and I are both fans of being a skeptic walking into a building or walking into a sure, yeah. supposedly haunted place. You don't want to set your mind into thinking everything's paranormal. Uh, we had a guy who did that once and it messed up an investigation horribly. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think it's really important that you have some type of skepticism going in. But I think there are extremes on both sides uh i read an article not too long ago about a scientist who completely just demolished the idea of ghosts they don't exist the afterlife doesn't exist uh you can't find ghosts you can't use blah 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 because you can't scientifically prove that ghosts exist there's no hard evidence uh, and so, therefore, it doesn't exist. And I think that's the biggest problem with science and scientists, or at least the uh, the skeptical ones, is that because there isn't a hard evidence, they automatically believe it's not there, you know. And unfortunately, that's, that's sad because we all have evidence. We've seen things, heard things, watched things, you know. And uh, I think there's experiences that just simply can't be scientifically proven, but we know they're there, you know. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's frustrating, but
1: what do you do? Well, I think, I think the big thing with that though, is science says if you can't, uh, prove it, basically it doesn't, I, I mean, it's not real, but, um, I think the biggest thing that scientists have problems with when it comes to the paranormal stuff is it can't, you can't replicate the same, um, the same response every time, and that's uh, in science. The scientific method you have to replicate it, uh, however many times. I honestly don't know, but um, you have to be able to replicate the same um, response every time in order to have proof, quote unquote, proof that something is scientifically proven. All right, but. Alright, so next one I've got, and I'm kind of all over the board today, guys, with different articles that I found, but I I found these different ones. I'm like, God, these are really interesting, so I have to share them with you guys. Um, Next one I found was actually an article that was shared from the rock station here, Rock 101, Um, disturbing video surfaces of fish with human face. Uh, Everybody knows fish have an eyes and mouth very much like humans just not positioned the exact same way um but uh there was a video caught in kunming china that's south china of a fish that is um actually coming up to i don't know if he's trying to get some uh bugs off the top of the water or whatever but he surfaces to the water and it i've seen the video it actually looks like this fish has a human face on on the top of its head. Um, the clip was actually shared on a Chinese social media platform Weibo and um, it kind of blew up. Um, it almost looks as if the the fish is coming up and trying to walk out of the water which even though it, it's kind of weird to say that it, with the with the face it almost looks like it is. Uh, you know, among the reactions, some compare it to Voldemort from Harry Potter. Um, some claim it to be the, uh, alien being and others, um, assert that it's a character from the 2004 flick Shark Tank. Um, but it's got a lot of people freaking out, uh, What it actually seems to be though, is just colorings on the fish's head that make it look like a human face. Now, by looking at the, the video and I'll share this link with you guys in the comments, um, it's very hard to tell. But after you watch it, you can kind of see the eye on the side, not where this marking of what the human face looks like. So, you know, in my mind, it's it, as much as it looks creepy and odd, it most likely is just a fish with weird markings. But it was just an odd one that I'm like, I have to share this because it's apparently blowing up the Chinese social media right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting looking fish, for sure. <laughs> pretty creepy if you, you know, you don't have the moment to sit there and actually debunk, you know, what what it, what's really what it, what it really looks like. But you're right, I think it does look like it's just the markings that give it this odd look and you can definitely see the eye on the left side there uh, as it breaches the water. But it's still really creepy. Yeah.
1: Well, and then you know, as it opens its mouth the markings are on its mouth and the mouth the human mouth quote unquote human mouth actually moves and it's like it it would be really hard right. to, to be skeptical of that but yeah it, I mean the more you look at it the more you can see yeah it's probably just markings
0: yeah well and on top of that like you can tell when it when it does come up out of the water you can see the water rushing down over its head where the markings are where you would think the human eyes would be and it gives mm. the appearance that those eyes are blinking or shining, uh, but you know, I, I just played it back a few times and paused it, and you know whatnot. And I don't know. I, th- I think it's pretty clear that it's probably markings, and the way the water runs is just a uh, uh, an illusion, because you can definitely, again, you can definitely see the difference between the quote-unquote eye on its head and then the one that it actually its real eye on the side of its head. Uh, But yeah, that's weird. Mm. Wouldn't want to see one of those. (laughs) Never eat fish again.
1: Well, and it doesn't even really say um, what type of fish it is. Uh, I mean, to me, it almost kind of looks like a koi fish just from the size of it and because of the coloring. But
0: I actually think it's a type of carp fish. Um, But it does. I mean, you can. It does have like similarities to a koi, especially in regards to the color. So. Here's the thing. We all do paranormal investigations, and I, well, I've got a question for you, Justin. When when you're doing an investigation, when do you normally do that investigation?
1: Uh, it should time usually start morning. before. Oh, time of day. Um, more times than not, it's at nighttime.
0: At nighttime, why?
1: I don't think anybody can really explain why a lot of people claim that that's that's when activity is the highest, but.
0: Right. Well, and you know what? And you're not wrong. I think a lot of people do believe that activity is highest at night. And the real fact is that most paranormal investigators, especially the ones coming up now, uh, are investigating at night because that's what everybody else does. No one really knows why you investigate at night. You can use IR cameras during the day or night. You You can investigate day or night. But for some reason, we all do it at night. And so I was curious as to why we investigated it at night. And sure enough, I came across an article that helped explain that a little bit. Uh, A a guy in in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, who actually is one of the... uh, is a guide for one of the premier ghost tours uh, at night over there, uh, explained it a little bit. And again, he didn't really understand exactly why either. But the thing is... When you actually spend years investigating and you do investigations during the day or the night, you tend to find that those investigations are usually almost the same. You're going to find similar paranormal activity during the day as you would at night, the same amount, that is. The only difference is what you experience in the sense of your own senses. So, what do I mean by that? Well, the only reason that i think the majority of people hunt at night and they don't even know is because it's quieter at night okay there's people sleeping there's less traffic on the road you get less noise pollution there's less things happening so you have a quieter atmosphere that you can use great but then we turn the lights off why do we turn the lights off we don't need to do that we can still capture phantoms with the lights on we turn the lights off and again this is something that you know could raise a spook factor if you're an investigator or maybe uh, helps you with the IR a little bit, which, again, you use IR during the day just fine as well. Um, But the one thing that changes when you're in the dark compared to your day is, again, your senses. Because when you're seeing in light, all of your senses work the same. They're pretty much on the same level. But when you turn those lights off and you go blind because you can't see anything, Suddenly you have your senses, other senses like your hearing, your feel, uh, you know, touch, uh, taste, all that heightens significantly. And so by doing these investigations in the pitch dark, you're able to basically allow yourself to tune in to your environment around you better uh, with more accuracy than you could during the day. Uh, and I thought that was really interesting when I came across this article because mm-hmm. that was something that I think you and I have talked about in the past, and we could never really answer. Um, but now that I think about it, when when you are laying in the dark or you're just you know walking through the woods and pitch black, you do hear things that you would normally wouldn't hear or notice during the day, uh, or even feel things. So, if you're ever wondering why you do it at night, or someone asks you, there's your answer. It's because it raises or heightens the senses of your hearing. In your touch, taste, and all that, and you can actually experience more physically than you would during the day. But your equipment would still function the same, and you'd still probably find the same paranormal activity regardless of the time of day you did it.
1: Right. Well, I mean, there have been studies done that would indicate that people that are blind have heightened sense of smell, taste, touch, and hearing because the, the fifth sense right. is gone so i think that makes a lot of sense hey Hey there i'm hannah and i'm audrey even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. All right. So last one I've got for you guys, Um, the there's actually a, they call it the Asa awesome Monster uh, at Quantico Marine Base in Virginia. Um, A lot of Marines have actually been reporting that they've been seeing a creature uh, just uh, in the tree line outside an ammunition storage area at the base. Uh, A a lot of them believe that it is a Bigfoot of some kind, but they have dubbed it the Asa Monster. Uh, A few of the Marines claim to have seen brown things walking on two legs. Uh, Others say that they have heard strange shrieking screams and some claim they have heard something climbing a fence. Uh, You know, the shrieking screams would be very similar to the howling that a lot of Bigfoot uh, or Squatchers I guess you call them uh, would report. Um, one One Marine says, I remember the night I saw it very well. It was about 2 a.m. I was walking my post when I heard something in the woods. I stopped and looked in the direction of the noise. I could see a dark figure beyond the fence just in front of the tree line, so I shined my flashlight at it. I couldn't believe what I saw. It was some type of creature that looked across between an ape and a bear. The first thing I noticed was its large glaring eyes. Then I noticed it had arms and was covered with dark brown fur. Now, that in and of itself would, would scare the crap out of somebody. But the gentleman continues and says, We found nothing um, except for some very large tracks with a pattern that resembles those of a dog. So now, that really raises a big question to me. Was this a Bigfoot or what we now are referring to as a dog man? that might be stalking, uh, Quantico Bay. Um, a lot of other Marines have heard the noises, seen the creature. And, um, it usually is between 11 PM and 4 AM that they're, they're seeing this. Uh, so that's actually kind of interesting because, we've talked numerous times and we just talked about the best time to do a paranormal investigation, but we've talked numerous times about um, times of day when certain activity is at its highest. And, you know, we've kind of come to that conclusion that a lot of people will experience stuff between two and four AM, especially if they've been sleeping. So it's actually interesting to see that a, a, what we would call cryptid encounter uh, kind of correlates with that as well. Yeah,
0: th- that is really interesting. Uh, you know, And and it's unfortunate that, that we don't have more evidence to support as to why we tend to experience more activity between the witching hour of 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. Uh, and even more so why a lot of that activity tends to be darker than it would mm. be, you know, before or after those hours. I mean, obviously there's there's a, a significant reason to believe that those hours, especially the 3 a.m. hour, is the opposite of when Christ died. And so that would make sense as to why demonic activity has risen. But we're not just talking about only demonic activity. We're seeing all kinds of different activity happening. Uh, and you know, one thing that's actually really weird and kind of cool at the same time is how the earth actually has an effect on the type of uh, the amount of activity that we experience uh, for example there's more activity experienced during the month of october than there is pretty much any other time of the year and why is that well again this is a time of year where people are uh, more open to the idea of hauntings uh, the whole month is basically celebrating the dead and the scary and the creepy and the eerie right. you know uh, <clears throat> so people are more open-minded about it And there's more people gathering to investigate or to go to like haunted houses and things like that and so these spirits are feeding off of their energy but on top of that you've also got the full moon to consider you know there's a reason why a lunatic is called a lunatic and it's because people tend to act differently uh in some manner when the full moon is out and why is that i'm sure that has something to do with the gravitational pull uh, you consider the ocean, the way it, the the moon has an effect on the tides on a daily basis, but even more so, strongest during the full moon. Uh, and there's also some interesting evidence that if a storm rolls in, activity tends to pick up more, especially if it's raining, because raining apparently somehow uh, creates almost like a like a stronger effect with the magnetic field of the Earth. Uh, it almost raises it. Uh, to some level that allows spirits to feed off of that energy and be more you know productive in in terms of them reaching out and same thing with lightning we have Hmm. a number of different particles you know uh ions and things that are that are being created by lightning bolts and that's creating energy and then spirits can feed off of that energy as well so it's really cool to think you know when you're doing the research there are certain instances where maybe you want to do an investigation if a storm is coming around or maybe you want to do it on a full moon or you know something like that and maybe these types of things have the same same results or consequences as what these guys are seeing over there at the base uh, in regards to this dog man or whatever it is walking around in the woods and i think what's interesting about that too is this is a military base you know these aren't these Mm -hmm. aren't just really everyday people these are people who are Trained to use their senses wisely to know what they're looking at and to understand what they're looking at before making an assumption, right? Uh, so if they don't understand what they're seeing and it's creeping them out, then maybe there's something actually happening there, you know? Who knows?
1: Yeah. All right, folks. Um, I think that's all the news articles we've got for you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. There are spirits everywhere. Watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. G- go away. Go. I-, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin Universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.podbean.com on iTunes. Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson.
0: What's up, folks, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric.
1: And I'm Justin.
0: And we've had a few things to talk about today. Uh, I think one of the... Most interesting, though, at least for me, that we covered uh, is. Probably I I keep wanting to think it's something else, but it's actually that fish. That fish is really yeah, (laughs) creeping me out a bit. Uh, It's a little weird. So I just think it's so like and this isn't one of those things where it's like the ocean, you know, Mm -hmm. where it, you never know what's living there. This is probably like a pond or something. Um, And of course, the video itself is actually pretty. Pretty clear for the type of video it is, you know. Especially being, I'm sure, transferred multiple times, downloaded online, uh, over and over again. It still seems to hold up some pretty good quality, Uh, but it's still hard to tell just quite exactly what whether or not they're spots or you know what we're seeing there. So that was definitely interesting and sure enough, creepy. Yeah,
1: I mean the the turkey one was interesting, but the fish one. Was the one that really caught my eye because, uh, I had to look at the picture several times before I had actually watched the video and I looked Mm -hmm. at it and looked at it and looked at it. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that this is actually the fish's face. So, you know, as you watch the video, then you get a little more clarification of, okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but you can definitely make out that the, the, the side Eye is there. Um, right. And even though the, what I said, quote unquote, human mouth is moving, um, none of the other features are really moving except for the mouth. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. And, you know, I almost feel kind of bad for this poor fish because it probably gets made fun of by other fish all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like You have person face, human face, and this and that. And then here we are making fun of this fish or being creeped out by it. And it's just trying to live its life.
1: It's sad, really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's the only one that really stands out to me. I mean, yeah, the, uh, Quantico, uh, base monsters actually kind of interesting. Uh, the, the wild Turkey outbreak as I put it, um, is, is rather interesting, but the, the human fish one, um, was one that just sticks out because it's just an odd, um, I don't even know what you would call it. Not necessarily mutation, just, just coloring. Um, right. but, um, yeah. And the other one that I like that you did was the skeptics, uh, that are doing the documentary. Um, I think that that's mm-hmm. a, a good, um, a, a good one. And I think you made a very good point too. There's, there's extremes on both sides. But, uh, you and I, I think go into an investigation with a healthy set of skepticism, whereas there's going to be those people that are 100% say there's no such thing. I'm here to prove it. And then there's going to be those that are believers on the other side and they're like, oh, absolutely. You know, you guys have activity. We're, we're going to get the evidence for you. Um, and I think that you need to have that balance of both because you can still be a skeptic and believer all at the same time, but you have to go into a house with an open mind and uh, realize that not everything is activity.
0: Right. Yeah, c- completely. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be an interesting, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a little different than what we see on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. in that sense alone, I'm kind of interested to see w- how it goes. Um, I wish you told us more information as to when it was being released and how it was being released. Uh, my guess is probably going to be some type of uh, digital download or maybe it'll show up on Netflix or something like that. I can't imagine it's going to theaters or anything. I don't think there's nearly enough people interested in that type of topic for it to go to a theater, um, at least for a documentary. But as soon as we find out when it's being released, I'll make sure that it's here for everybody uh, to to know.
1: The one thing that I wanted to uh, finish up with is I had brought to your attention uh, a movie trailer I just saw before uh, we actually started recording. And they're making a movie called The, the Mandela Effect, literally the name of the theory. Um, and it's really interesting um, that the premise is about a family who loses a daughter and... Um, the father starts seeing things, misremembering things. So he starts doing research into the Mandela effect and, uh, the two theories that they mash together into this is, um, which I, I believe theorists have kind of thrown out there (laughs) to begin with, but, um, either that we are living in multiple realities that are colliding or that we're living in a simulated reality, and uh, you know, the more that the trailer went on, the more it kind of looks like they're going with the simulated reality because the guy's a, a video game coder and he believes he can fix it and all this nonsense. Um, but it actually looks really good. I, I think I'm gonna have to see it.
0: How's this one? You're gonna willingly see in theater or one of those movies that you'll have to wait for it to come out on DVD and not spend a ton
1: of money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) seeing as it, it's kind of rare for me to go to theaters to see a lot of movies. Um, I might try and make it to theaters. Um, just depends on, you know, the busyness of life and all that jazz. Um, but it is one that I, I mean, I think to get the full effect is probably better in theaters. It's, it looks really weird and, um, but it, it looks really well put together. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for you guys. Um, Eric, did you have any final thoughts or, uh, housekeeping or anything that needs to be done?
0: um, no, at this point, I don't think so. I think we're, we're pretty much good and caught up on everything.
1: All right. All right. Um, Well, if you guys haven't already caught on, because we've said it multiple times in the past several weeks now uh, that we've started releasing again, is we are under New Lantern Media. Um, All all of our shows are under that umbrella now, uh, Crime Crack. Paratruth Radio and Beyond Reason. uh, I threw in Paratruth, the S-Files in there just to give you guys kind of a little bit extra to listen to when we're not on air. Um, But I want you guys to check out all of those shows. Um, Check out, you know, uh, The Mallard Report, uh, Inside the Goblin Universe, Paranormal Heart. Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast, uh, some of the, my favorites and some very good friends. And uh, I think you guys will be really impressed with the talent that uh, does those shows. Um, I do also want to throw a huge thank you out to Brian Anderson, who has helped us tremendously, not just myself and um, a couple others, but a lot of Paratrooth or paranormal podcasters rather uh, have reached out to Brian to get help with their sound quality and all that. So thank you so much for that, Brian. Um, And also a huge thank you to paranormal forum for continuing to uh, support the shows as always. So until, well, actually I should say this, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, this will be released just before Thanksgiving, so everybody have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. Um, I think we had originally intended on doing some type of Black Friday deal for this episode. Yes. But <laughs> oh, well. um, maybe maybe we'll kind of do kind of a brief Black Friday, uh, maybe a, a uh, moment-to-moment for this upcoming Black Friday, um, to show the craziness of people. But, um, until next time, folks, where you will hear us same time, same channel. My name is Justin.
0: And I'm Eric. Peace. This is.